So the big question is this. How do most agents who don't have access to the secrets that the top agents hoard to themselves grow and prosper in today's real estate environment? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Pat Hyben, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. And now, for the review of the day. And here's a review uh, from Rebus University, the Certified Outbound Lead Specialist course. That's the COLS. She says, uh, the COLS program has helped me tremendously. I recently got my license and started working with Keller Williams. And frankly, I was a little overwhelmed. There are a lot of great programs in place to help agents get and convert leads but the cols program has helped me to do that with major confidence this is coming from william flowers five star reviews rebusuniversity.com cols program that stands for certified outbound lead specialist keep the comments coming guys i love them and remember I eat feedback for breakfast, so give me a one-star review if you want, or a five-star review if you want. I don't care. And the more reviews we get, the better guests we get. So please, subscribe first, and then leave us a review or wherever you're listening. And here are the list of Rebus University graduates just this week. From the Certified Listing Agent course, Craig Burns from Redux Realty. Congratulations, Craig. The Certified Buyer Agent, Jason Gooden, again from Long & Foster. And the Certified Team Agent, Sanford Brown from South State Select. Congratulations to all the Rebus University graduates this week. All right, Rockstar Nation, I have a guest from Minneapolis, Minnesota, Mr. Kevin Ortner from Renters Warehouse. And, you know, you would think that me having a guy from a big company like Renters Warehouse on the line, we're going to talk about renting. But, you know, we're not going to. We're going to indirectly talk about it. Today, we're going to talk about scale because this guy has successfully scaled a very small company that manages properties to something huge and he has learned a lot of lessons along the way and what I'm going to do is or what we're going to do together is we're going to attach this to real estate agents and them scaling their businesses. I've had a lot of agents that have come on the show recently. People are reaching out to me asking me what we should do and this is one of the reasons we created Big Profit Agents. Uh, our membership group, uh, which you go to bigprofitagents.com and get more information on because um, agents are profiting less and less as they scale and agents are coming on and talking to me and are like, Pat, I did everything I was supposed to do. I scaled, I grew, and all of a sudden I just did my taxes and I lost money last year or I made $10,000 last year and the year before I made 150,000 profit instead of 10,000 but I didn't have a team and uh, it's been quite the dilemma 
And Kevin is going to kind of teach us how to scale, how to grow, and also stay profitable at the same time. So this is going to be a good show. Hold on to your seats. Uh, Kevin, welcome to Real Estate Rockstars, bro. Hey, thanks for having me, Pat. Uh, Good to talk to you. Hey, why don't you introduce yourself and tell everybody a little bit about you so they get to know you better. Yeah, so uh, as you mentioned, uh, Kevin Ortner, I'm the CEO of uh, Renters Warehouse. And uh, Renters Warehouse is a national third-party property manager focusing on the single-family home space. Uh, We manage about 22,000 homes today across 40 markets or so in 25 states. So we started the company about 10 years ago. And two and a half years ago, we, uh, we took out a private equity partner. We sold a majority stake of the business to a private equity firm, bring on some growth capital, uh, and really start scaling. As you mentioned, growing and scaling. We had been growing and scaling as a couple entrepreneurs uh, for a while, uh, but took on some serious cash a couple years ago, changed our model from a franchise business where we're out selling franchises of our office to a corporate model where we're out opening corporate locations uh, in corporate markets across the country today. So we focus on that management of the single family home, lease, leasing and, and full service property management. Um, and oddly enough, before I got into this business, I was a, I was a real estate investor. That's what drew me into this business. But I was also a corporate pilot by trade. So I spent time uh, flying corporate jets across the country. And um, in my spare time, invested in real estate and uh, got involved with this company. So it's been uh, it's been a wild ride the last 10 years or so. And uh, it's thrilled to be with you here this morning. Yeah, I mean, 10 years is a long time in the business, and, and uh, I'm sure you've learned a lot, and we're going to dig into that. So when you say third-party property management company, what do you mean by that? Yeah, so we don't, we don't own any of the homes that we I manage. see. Got so I, you know, personally, I own, I own several properties, of course. I've been a real estate investor, but uh, third-party meaning we do all of our property management services for other people. Got so it. Our business okay. is focused on two sectors, really that retail, we call it the retail client, those who own maybe one or two homes, which is a lot of the space, really about 81% of all the single family homes in the country for rent are owned by those who own less than five doors. So that's weird. The stop right there. 81% are owned by those who less than own less than five doors, mom and pops, which is cool. Do you, do you have any idea what it is real estate owned where they just own one? Yeah, it's almost 50% of the market. 50%. So 50% real estate investors are an investor of one. (laughs) Correct. Correct. Hmm. You know, uh, and and that's actually, I think, an area of opportunity for not only my firm and my business, but real estate agents as well. When we're talking to clients and and people who own one, um, is to get them to grow that portfolio, get them to buy that second and the third and I, frankly, I think it takes as much work and momentum as it does to get someone to buy their first investment property, which is a scary proposition for a lot of people, as it does to get them to buy their second, as they're going from having a one to now they have quote unquote portfolio, right? And once they're there, they, they generally continue to keep buying. But to your point, almost 50, 49% about of all of the homes owned by, uh, in, in the single family space for rent are owned by someone who owns only one home. That's interesting. You know, my experience, and this is just personal experience in the biz 25, 30 years, is if you own one home as a rental, you generally hate it. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like something you dig. Because if it was, then you would buy more, right? right. So when you start buying more, then you start loving it, and you're like, you know, I got a bunch of rentals. 
I, I don't know if that's true or not. That's just kind of my perception, but, uh, but that's an interesting stat. So let's talk about scaling. Okay. So basically you started this company, right? You stopped flying jets. You started this company, your first seven years, you said, I'm going to get into property management, right? Yeah. So your first, say 24 months, what did you do? Like what kind of company were you? Uh, were you essentially a mom and pop shop? Like everyone listening has uh, several different mom and pop shops in their marketplace that charge, you know, 10%, five to 10%, do it the traditional way, you know, pay uh, one month's rent or, or, or whatever the percentage is to, to rent the thing out. I mean, is that kind of how you started being one of those guys? Yeah, absolutely. When, we, when I started, I was a local mom and pop uh, property management firm, right? Started at zero doors, um, and built our way up to several hundred and then eventually several thousand. But that first two years was, was just that. It was, it, was, it was me and a couple partners. We were doing everything, right? Um, leasing homes and, and doing the management and collecting the rent and coordinating maintenance repairs, doing repairs on some homes. It was, um, you know, it was, it was running a small business. It was growing a company. And, you know, we had our sights set on trying to get to scale. And, and to us, then, frankly, scale was maybe a couple thousand properties or over 20,000. So it's certainly grown bigger than I would have ever expected when we first got into the business. But early on, I think like so many people starting a business or getting into real estate, doing everything yourself and just hoping to get to that point where you can add that first team member, right? That first employee to help you take some load off and just do some of the work. But we wanted to try and do it efficiently too. So we tried to early on put in some technology in place and we thought that's how we were really going to change the property man space was by adding more technology to it is Probably anyone listening knows real estate's often the last place that tech do. Frankly, it's somewhat archaic in some of the ways. Last five, six years, we've seen a lot of new tech come in. Property management's even worse. We're, we're even behind uh, you know, traditional buying and selling at, at real estate. And so we wanted to really push that technology in, add more efficiency to our systems so we could scale, um, and also add more transparency to our homeowners so that they, they really knew what was going on versus just you know getting a statement every month and, and being surprised. So... You know, the, the challenge with, with agents building real estate teams is as they push forward and as they grow, their profit sinks, right, as yours did, um, yeah. and uh, they end up spending any profit they have. And, and trust me, I've had people on here who, who are selling over 500 homes a year who, when I ask them what their profit margin is, they say all their profit is put back into marketing for next year, which to me means you're not making any profit. Right. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying you're not making any profit. And, um, and I think uh, you've, you've, you felt a similar sort of thing. So tell me about that. Like, like uh, what did you learn along the way there? And uh, how did you deal with that struggle? Yeah, you know, I think you bring up a really important point, which anyone looking to scale their business um, especially in this space, because it is marketing intense if you want to keep that machine going, right? Um, I think first off, it's a fundamental decision of if you want to be big, right? Because bigger isn't always better. Um, I think bigger is exciting for people just getting into the space. They see the teams and the businesses growing and, and they have this, this huge agent force and are selling 500 homes a year or 200 homes a year. You know, it sounds exciting, but it comes with a whole, it's a whole different bag of tricks. And a whole different bunch of problems. And, and to your point, a lot of times for the first several years, you don't make any money. And um, 
So I think that's the first key, right, is uh, you really need to make a decision on kind of how you want to grow your business. And at Renner's Warehouse, I have a couple examples of that. Obviously, there's, there's me uh, and how we've grown the business really big, but we took some early sacrifices on profitability to be able to do that. Um, and, and early on when we were franchising our business, I also still have some franchises, part of our network, where they, our franchisees took a bit of a different approach and, and said, you know what, I'm not going to put every dime that I make back into marketing. Um, you know, I, I want to I have a lifestyle business. I want to have some money coming in. And, and over time, they've scaled to, to, to a good-sized business, you know, 1,000 properties under management for a market. For an individual who owns that territory, that's a good business, um, makes a nice six-figure income, and really has the whole time. The flip side of that is me. <laughs> Frankly, I've gone through this where I wanted to get big. I wanted to get really big, and I wanted to get the really okay, big. So let me stop you there, right? Because yeah. I want to keep this uh, analogically <laughs> relevant to the real estate age. So what, he, what Kevin's yeah. saying is, so this guy, right, he gets to a 1,000 homes, and he's and you're pushing him over there. I said, man, you got to get to 2,000. You got to get to 3,000. You got the whole yeah. state. And he's like, nah, man, I'm good. I, I'm making 150 grand a year or 200 grand a year, and I'm happy. You know, I am not going to add more clients. Like that, that, that there's a consciousness level there, right? That's, that's right. interesting, right? Yeah. I think, you know, it was scaling at his pace, right? Where he's able to make money and reinvest some money in the business. The flip side of that, is really the story you talked about. Some of the agents calling you and saying, what am I doing wrong, right? I'm, I'm spending all this money or, or, the, or the guys that say, hey, I'm investing all my profit back into the business, which means you don't have any profit. That was me uh, early on in the business. It was a very conscious decision though of, I understood what my marketing return was. And if I spent this much in marketing, I could get this many clients. And it was really, a, you know, at the time, it was kind of like the five-year picture, right? I'm gonna make a lot less money over the next five years or I'm gonna build a big business and, uh, you know, really have something of value and, and be able to start making some money. And we poured all profits back into marketing and advertising. We were doing radio advertising, internet advertising, television advertising, anything you can think of. We were wrapping buses and trains and, and, and anything. Um, and, and we were, you know, at the end of the day, the company made broke even, right? Again, conscious decision. We were able to grow fast and scale the business and got us to a position where we were able to sell company or majority of it to a private equity firm and now really taking it national and building a big brand. Uh, but it, um, it came at a cost of really not making a lot of money for the first several years in the business. So what are you learning now that you have private equity investment, right? You have, you have professionals, you went seven years. I'm not saying you were a rookie, but you were a rookie. You were a pilot that decided to become a property manager. And yeah. these guys have lifetimes and lifetimes of, of business expertise they they give you a chunk of cash and they say okay we're going to change everything what did they change and and what did they teach you big part about growing this and scaling it again kind of trying to relate it back to 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 all the real estate agents out there is it's all it really is about systems fundamentally if we're going to grow a big business what systems do we have in place just basic processes throughout the business um, as well as technology and how do we make that efficient such as um, so, you know, uh, everything, everything, a process and a system for, for really everything from, you know, how you're handling your leads, right? A lot of times when we were growing the business, leads were coming in, it was just, we're, we're sending them out haphazardly to our agents that are part of our business, or we're taking them internally, but actually writing down, how are we going to 
who's, who's, who has the best closing ratio? Actually tracking that data, being able to make good decisions off of the data and having a process that says, hey, if, if you're doing these things for our business or you're meeting these ex expectations or these closing ratios, we're going to send you more business, right? Uh, we're a big inbound marketing machine, like we talked about. Spent a lot of money on marketing. Right, right. So what that means for you guys, if 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 you're not using Boomtown, Commission Zinc, or some of these uh, technology platforms that are actually telling you who the best agent on your team is with response rate and and with follow up, and then feeding that agent two, three, four times as much as you are the other ones that suck at follow up, you are doing something. Uh, terribly wrong right you know you want something done give it to a busy person and um that old adage is true and that's what kevin is saying here and and you need to figure this out on a daily basis uh just like he did okay so keep going what else yeah so that's a huge point right um you got to take care of those leads have a process for that uh you know then there's just a process for client onboarding something as simple as okay i have a new listing i have a new client um, what's that experience, right? Because as, as you start taking on hundreds of new listings or hundreds of new clients, that, that process, that experience for your clients can deteriorate quickly. Uh, and so as we grew the business, we had to figure out how do we keep that process um, in check? How do we make sure that the experience with Renters Warehouse is so good that that client's going to go out and rave to their friends about what we're doing and, and bring on more? And so it's, you know, we're all in the real estate business. Referrals are huge in this business, right? That's how we can actually make some money here besides having to buy every client that comes in. And it's easy at the beginning to take great care of your clients because that you have one or two or three. Yeah, right. And it's you, right? You, you give a crap, right? And, and you're doing it, right? And so creating a re repeatable process that your you know, team members and your employees that are taking on can do. And you're saying, this is how we're going to take care of our clients. So when they first come on, they sign the contract. What happens next? We're going to send them, you know, these things. When we list the property, we're going to send them how their listings up online. We're going to show them their photos. We're going to do these things. Here's how we're going to notify them after showings happen on their home. That's literally documented in our business, right? That's trained in all of our agents. And that process is followed all the way through, ensuring a great client experience. And that's something early on, of course, we didn't have as we were scaling the business. We hired people on and say, great, here's some, here's some clients, here's some homes, go show them, right? And, and documenting even those fundamental things like how to show a property, how to follow up with your clients and ensure that, that process is followed by automating as much of it as you can is huge. Increase profits with proven price reduction techniques and 20 plus little known scripts to get your property sold. You'll learn everything from proper pricing of properties, working and handling objections from sellers, and getting the proper price reductions at the right time so that your properties sell. Price reductions can be tricky business, but take it from me, you will get your listing sold, create a tribe of happy sellers, and generate a ton of referrals if you follow the proven methods and price reduction scripts. There's a 30-day risk-free money-back guarantee. And for a limited time only, I have a 50% off offer. Yes, 50% off real-world training that easily delivers 100 times return on investment. Head over to rebusuniversity.com now. Select the Certified Price Reduction course and enter coupon code PRICE50 at checkout. That's coupon code PRICE50 for 50% off and instant access to this five-star training.
And so, you know, how this pertains to agents building teams, I mean, just like Kevin said, if, if you don't have like a step-by-step for every single thing that the team does, you're looking at massive failure. I mean, um, you know, I have people coming on the show all the time that are saying, you know, stop building teams, stay where like Kevin was in the beginning where you're the one doing it. Because if you're the one doing it, you know you're doing it right. And if you try a hybrid of, of doing it all yourself and having other people do it, or you just have other people do it as you build a team and you do not have systems that a third grader can understand, it's not going to work, right? That's right. That's, that's just so huge, that process implementation, the training, developing all that stuff. Look, I think a lot of reason people don't do it it's because it's hard, right? It's hard to sit down and, and really, to your point, make a process that a third grader can understand and write it out step by step by step. People say, God, I'm kind of a waste of my time. I want to be out getting new clients and I'll be out selling and I'll do these things. But that work on the front end is going to save you tons of time and heartache on the back end. And one of the things I learned was doing this stuff really early, right? Um, meaning I didn't do it really early and I wish I would have done it really early. So if you are an agent out there and you're thinking, man, I really want to grow my team. I want to scale. I want to be one of those guys that sells a thousand homes a year and, and build a big business. Be thinking about this stuff early because where you're going to stumble and fall and, and, and lose reputation or lose money or, or cut your profits is when you have an inefficient business and you have an inefficient business because you don't have these things in place. And so looking back on my career doing this, if I would have early on taken the time to document processes better train new people coming on better and, and hold people to that line, hold the line on that expectations and the standard, it would have been game changing for us. We had to do a lot of rework uh, to make that happen later in the business. Wow. Yeah, I love that. I love that. It, it reminds me of the E-Myth uh, by Michael Gerber, how he talks about McDonald's and he says, for the new people that come to McDonald's, there's actually a piece of paper that they look at that shows exactly where to place a pickle on a hamburger. <laughs> Right. It's not like, oh, yeah, every hamburger gets three pickles. It's no pickle. One goes here. Pickle two goes here and pickle three goes here. And, and then you need that. You need that detail. OK, so what, what else have you learned? Like, OK, so you went seven years, right, doing this all on your own and, and, and trying to push things and trial and error. Some things work. Some things didn't. Lots of frustration. You yeah. went to a private equity firm. They gave you a chunk of cash. They took over 70% of the company, which is basically control. Yeah. Um, and what, what did they change immediately? And uh, let's talk about some lessons there because I think that everybody can learn from what experts do to a business when they get it or with a business when they get a hold of it and get control of it. And, and we can apply that to our real estate teams and our real estate businesses as we grow them. Yeah. So, you know, when, when they came in, we didn't change a bunch day one, but what we did, what they did say was they encouraged me to double down on what is working, right? So we spent a lot of time analyzing what the heck was actually working. What, what were they excited about in the business? And that was frankly, um, two things. One, our ability to market and attack that retail segment of this space. We talked about those who own one or two homes. Um, and they said, okay, great, that's working. How can we spend more money? We're giving you money. How can we spend more money and scale that and do that faster? That's not as important today's conversation, I don't think, as um, the second piece they liked was our business process and how we built our business early on. And that was through specialization, 
call it, or departmentalization. And I think that's important for the real estate agents listening because it goes from trying to do everything yourself or replicating yourself and hiring someone that does everything to starting to hire specialties. And what I mean by that is in our business, we have, you know, a lot happens in property management in the, in the back end. And so rather than having a portfolio manager that we hire and say, Pat, welcome aboard. Here's 150 homes or hundred homes for you to manage. And you're going to do everything. You're going to lease them. You're going to collect the rent. You're going to coordinate the maintenance, do the repair, all that stuff. We hire you and say, Pat, great. You're a very talented sales guy, talented real estate agent. We want you to lease homes. That's it. All you have to do is lease houses all day long uh, as we bring on new, new homes in the portfolio. Then when you're done with it, we're going to turn it over to our property management team that, um, and they're even segmented. So the property management team, I have people that just collect rent all day long. That's all they do on a house. We have people that do, we have accountants that specialize in accounting and they do the property accounting on the, on the homes. All day long. We have maintenance professionals that all they do is take maintenance requests from tenants, analyze them over the phone, try and troubleshoot and solve them if possible. Otherwise dispatch the appropriate vendor. So what I mean by that is focus on what you do well and hire people into those specialties. And I've seen a lot of real estate agents building teams the same way, right? Take the hunters that you have that you can hire and bring on your team and have them out doing listing appointments to bring on new listings and have showing agents in the background, have people processing paperwork in the background and separating your business out that way has been transformative for us. Wow. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. I mean, it makes a, it, it makes a ton of sense. And, 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 and real and smart, the smart real estate agents do that. You know, when I built a big team, I had agents that only did listings, right? I had three agents. They did nothing but go on listing appointments back and forth every day. They were sharp as a tack. They had closing ratios that were way better than mine. And then I had each one had two pending processors, a, a, someone who dealt with it while it was active, who specialized. They only did active listings. Then once it sold, someone who only dealt with pending listings, right? And so uh, there became a great debate about the generalization agent versus the specialty agent. And I want to talk to you about that. I mean, you, you know, some people will say if you always deal with the same person, you get to know them, you build rapport with them, uh, you feel good, you get the warm and fuzzy. Other people say, yeah, but they're a generalized person. It's like hiring an attorney that's generalized or a doctor that's generalized. Do you want that or do you want someone who only does that type of surgery or only does that type of law? So, so talk to me about that struggle that agents might be going through and that, that you kind of went through in you going from general to specialized. Yeah, you know, that is the great debate. Um, and frankly, it's not for everyone. I mean, it's not for all of our clients. We do get that feedback sometimes from, from our clients saying, hey, you know, this is great, but I, I, I have... I really just want to work with my agent. He did a great job leasing my home. You know, I just want to work with him. I don't want to have to call a bunch of different people in the office. And, and frankly, that was a decision we had to make too, was this is how we want to grow our business. And maybe it's not going to be the right fit for everybody. But for the majority, if we have our right, the right systems in place, going back to the systems, the client can be felt like they're being taken care of. And that's what's really important, I think, is when we look at a specialist versus a generalist, the struggle is ensuring that high level of, of customer service, of client satisfaction, ensuring that they feel like they're not just a number being passed around. So we had to develop a lot of systems to be able to do that, meaning uh, how are we even coaching our clients that this is going to happen? I think it's all about expectation setting. And if you set the proper expectations on the way in and tell them why it's happening, um, that, that, was, that changes the game. 
right? And, and so when we bring on a new client, our agents that are in the field signing up that listing and client with us, tell them up front, hey, I'm your agent. I'm going to list your home. I'm going to find your great tenant. Here's all the things I want to do for you. Once that lease is signed, we're going to turn it over to the property management team. So you're not going to work with me. And in fact, you're not going to work with just one person there. But at the end of the day, you have my whole team behind you rather than just one person. So you don't have to worry about me forgetting or not having time. You and I were chatting a bit about that before the show. Right. I don't have time. You have specialists that are going to do this. We're going to take care of it at a high level and you're going to ensure everything's done. So instead of just paying for one guy, you get a whole team. Right. And so it's all about the pitch. It's all about letting them know why these things happen. And then people get on board with it. Yeah. Right. I mean, they, you know, would you, you know, would you rather have just the quarterback working for you or would you rather have the whole entire football team? You know, I mean, that's, that's kind of what it looks like. I, I, it reminds me of, of the advice I got from uh, my mentor, Howard Brinton, you know, years ago uh, when you said, Hey, you know, we struggled, we, we risked losing clients by doing this and real estate agents risk losing clients. That's their biggest fear. They risk losing clients by saying, Oh, I'm getting pawned off on a secretary, right? right? The client is getting pawned off on a secretary, quote unquote. But, but he taught me, he said, Pat, you just need to practice these words over and over and over again. And I did. And it was simply a script that says, let me tell you how we work. Right. You know, and it got to the point, you know, I would talk to people on the phone and before we went into anything, let me tell you how we work. First, this person is going to deal with it. They all they do all day long is X. Then this person can do it. They are a specialist. And by the time the conversation was over about let me tell you how we work, they were like totally sold. Right. I mean, they were totally sold. And if you think about it, that's just, that's how you deal with a, a, a good doctor, right? I mean, you, they got three or four people you see or a dentist uh, before you even get to them. Uh, and you're like, yeah, that, that's how they work. That's what I expect. Yeah, that is, um, I love that because uh, I've never heard that before as far as, you know, that script piece, but that's what we're telling people all the time. That's what we're telling our team to go out. And what we find is we still struggle with this today, of course. We onboard hundreds and hundreds of clients a month. And so some things slip through the crack. We're always trying to get those systems better. But we can trace so many of our problems we have back to that initial uh, conversation with the client of let's make sure we set the right expectations, right? And I think that's really important as you scale a business because, again, um, if you're a sole proprietor, you're doing it yourself, you can make sure you're managing the expectations and you can kind of try and spin all the plates, right? But as you have more and more and more team members doing it for you. Um, that's where, again, it goes back to systems. That's where having, you know, an onboarding manual, certainly, or videos that you produce now today. Mm, yeah. Did you do that? Did you do right, videos? Yeah. So we do. We, you know, we're doing more and more of that. We haven't done it for years. Just about 18 months ago, we started these short videos where it steps through the process. Our clients can watch and, and listen to what just happened, what's going to happen next, why we're doing those things. And I think besides just saying, let me tell you how we work, uh, which is fantastic. And following it up with some of the why and why it actually matters to that client mm -hmm. and why it's going to be better for them ultimately, that's how you're going to get them sold on, hey, this is a company and a process and a team that I want to work with. Yeah, we use Loom, L-O-O-M, and it's a, a video service that basically 
you guys listening can use as well. I use it at Rebus University, and basically, if you need to explain something, rather than explaining some to them, you go to Loom, you create a Loom video of your computer screen, and you talking to your computer screen, then you save it in the library. So you have a video of everything that needs to be done in the Loom library, and uh, you could say, you know, here's here's a new job like we have some jobs at, at Rebus University that we've I've had in in a couple of years five or six people do because we can't get somebody that seems to do a good job at it let's just say for lack of a better way to put it and thank God we have these loom videos that somebody new on the job could just sit there for a weekend and watch all the loom videos and it's it saves mountains of of hands-on training that's one of those things um, that we talked about earlier right of of putting that workout up front and it might take a little extra time and you have to take some time away from your family or client or something else you want to be doing to create some of these videos. But once they're done to your point, they're in the library, right? And they're done. And, um, and reflecting back, those are the little things that uh, we should have done earlier on in the business as we created saying, Hey, we're, we're, we're going for scale here. How do we, what are we going to need in, in six months or a year to make us more efficient? And, and start creating those things. So I think that's a great idea. I've never heard of Loom. I'm going to check it out myself. But uh, uh, creating that stuff, having a library of content that your clients can go look after, or better yet, new employees or new agents that are starting with you, uh, that's huge. That's huge. And so, so let's, let's talk about your biz. Like, um, where are you at now? Like, how, how big are you? How, how, many, uh, how many people, how many clients do you have? How many houses? How many employees? Sure. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah so... We are, uh, so today we manage about 22,000 single family homes across the country. Wow. Um, so a lot. That makes us the largest uh, third party property manager uh, from corporate perspective. There's, there's a franchise company that's bigger than us by door count, but as far as, as, as a corporate owned structure, we have about 14,000 homeowners with, that, with those. So you can see there's almost that one to one relationship again. Wow. Okay. Yeah. 22,000 and 14,000. So over half only own. What one house? Yeah, our average is like one point two, right? So is that your avatar? Would would do you do you purposely look for that, or is that just just what's happened? No, we we've, we've intentionally done that. That was intentional from the beginning. You know, a lot of folks when they start a property management company, they go after the big fish. I want to get someone with a hundred or fifty or two. Yeah, right. For quick scale, we wanted to have uh, huge client saturation, so that if one left, we weren't left kind of holding the bag. And we and we thought there's also a huge opportunity in that marketplace of people who own one home. Maybe it's half of the market, which I didn't know at the time, but I know now. Yeah. And if, if you could make a, a person who, who's all they think about is this damn rental property that's empty or that they're having problems with the tenant, if you can make them happy, you can certainly make a guy like me with a ton of rental properties happy. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. you know. it's true. And so, you know, talk about needing systems, efficiency and, and the right processes in place when we have 14,000 owners, you know, uh, across 22,000 homes, and, and that's going to, you know, give us probably 40,000 tenants that we're talking to on a monthly basis or whatever. It's just think of the different communication and process things, and all the tasks that happen there, right? So that's kind of our scale from a client perspective. Today, we have roughly 350 people on the team. Um, and that's going to be broken up into really two categories, uh, W2 employees that work for the team as property managers and, and just employees. Uh, there's about 200 employees across the country. And we have another 150 real estate agents 
that hang their license with us. Um, and rather than selling homes, they, uh, they lease homes. Uh, so we've got about 350 people across the country that, uh, that work with us today. As a member of the Rockstar Nation, you may have noticed that every guest that comes on the show now is required to bring with them a free tool, an item of utility that real estate agents can use to drastically increase their sales and profits. Some of the things that have been brought have been ebooks, forms, reports, negotiating techniques, hiring guides, postcards, checklists, open house secrets newsletters that are sent out sphere of influence forms referral request forms and the list goes on and on if you would like to get this free toolbox full of items of utility simply go to hybendigital.com backslash toolbox that's hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or simply text toolbox to 444-999 that's toolbox to 444-999 Wow, that's that that that's amazing. And um, so, how where were you before the private equity money came in? We were so that was two and a half years ago, and we had, um, you know, we had a lot more franchisees at the time. But as far as our corporate business that we've been growing the last two and a half years, we had uh, I don't remember the exact number, about forty five employees, and you know about thirty agents. And now you have uh, how many? One hundred twenty agents? Did you say or? And we have 150 agents and 200 employees. So we essentially 5X both counts. Gee whiz. Wow. And then you've been buying back the franchises, right? Which, which you know, in the real estate game, we've watched Keller Williams is doing that now. And, yeah. and Remax has done it um, for a long time. And, and so you see that a lot. Why, why do you do that? A couple of reasons for us, we're, we're looking to do that. And one is ultimately at scale, with the capital we have today, it makes sense for us. We can make more money from a, from a corporate location than from a franchise location. So um, if we have the growth capital to invest and, and buy back a territory or open a territory ourselves, it's just more profitable for our investors to do so. And it also really helps us standardize our offering and ensure that our clients are getting the same experience across the markets. You know, and, and with our franchise system, obviously that's what we push, is systems, processes, technology, so that it's the same, but ultimately, you know, unless you're McDonald's and you've got the expert franchise system, it's not oftentimes the same, right? It's small business owners growing a brand in their local market. And so things can be different. And, and one of the advantages, one of the unique things we've been able to do over the last couple of years is create this large scale corporately owned property management firm, which really didn't exist a couple of years ago. And it allows people to invest in across multiple states, multiple markets and deal with the same people. So that's an important differentiation too. And we, you know, we, we work for some owners that have thousands of homes in across multiple markets. They might have some in Florida, some in Texas, some in Atlanta, wherever it might be. And before Renters Warehouse, they had to deal with local property managers in each one of those markets. And so I have a client, for instance, who has uh, about 3,000 homes. We don't manage them all, uh, but we manage a lot of them. And when he came to us, they had their fund. Uh, they raised money to buy, buy these homes, but they, they had 15 property managers managing their assets across like 10 markets. So imagine the operational hazard and risk to them of having 15 different systems, different processes, different managers, all small uh, that they were dealing with. It was, it was a headache. 
we've helped them consolidate from 15 property managers down to four today. And so the property wow. managers runners warehouse, they can have, you know, homes in Florida or, or Oklahoma or Texas or wherever it is. And they talk to the same person on my team. So not only do they have the same processes, same technology, same accounting, they actually have one point of contact for over a thousand homes. And so by, by growing this corporately versus franchise and having individual office owners that they have to deal with, we're able to give them that centralized service and one point of contact. And that's been a big differentiator for us in, in our sector of the real estate world. Wow. That's, that, that's neat. That's really neat. Um, well, listen, uh, Kevin, as you know, everybody that comes on the show brings a free gift, right? And um, what we do with this free gift, I'm going to put it on the show notes, I'm gonna, as well as putting Kevin's contact information and his website and that sort of thing uh, on there. And uh, they can download this free gift and they can use it in their daily business. What, what did you bring with you today? Yeah, so we're giving everybody a copy of my book uh, that came out last year, which is uh, called Rent Estate Revolution. Um, and it's uh, today's key to financial freedom, uh, long-term retirement security, et cetera. And so uh, everyone can download a copy of that. It's going to be on your site, like you mentioned, the show notes, and either use it for themselves, educate themselves about investing in the single-family rental space, or better yet, as real estate agents, learn how to talk to your clients about buying more investment property or buying their first investment property. And the fun thing about investor clients is they don't buy just once every seven or eight years. They buy multiple times. And uh, so hopefully a great resource for all the listeners. That's awesome, dude. And, and the one thing I forgot to mention is uh, the, the economic model here, right, is, is kind of disruptive. Um, talk to me about your economic model. What do you charge? Yeah, so we, uh, we kind of flipped it on its head. Uh, most people in our space charge a percentage of the rent, right? You kind of talked about that earlier a little bit. Uh, we charge flat fee. Everything we do is flat fee. So we charge, depending on the market, 89 to $99 a month flat fee for full service property management. And then we charge uh, one month's rent to, to lease a home. So those are our two basic fees. Uh, we tried to keep it super simple, super transparent, not, not be a nickel and dime type company that's out there, make it real easy to do business with us. Um, and, uh, and so far that model has been real successful. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a great deal, right? I mean, that's a no brainer. So, so that's awesome. Well, listen, Kevin, I appreciate it, buddy. If I'm ever in Minneapolis, Minnesota, I will look you up and we can uh, get together and talk all things real estate. Uh, again, I'm going to put uh, his free book, on hybendigital.com, and uh, I'm going to make this easy so you guys remember this. Uh, Renner's Warehouse is what it'll be, hybendigital.com backslash Renner's Warehouse, hybendigital.com backslash Renner's Warehouse, or you could go to hybendigital.com backslash toolbox and get this free book along with uh, all the other free gifts that all of our other guests have brought all together in one giant treasure chest. Uh, that's hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or text the word toolbox to 444-999. Kevin, thank you so much, my friend. I wish you the best of luck and can't wait to watch Renter's Warehouse explode. All right. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for tuning in to Real Estate Rockstars. If this free content is giving you a ton of value, I want to ask a small favor in return. I need you to pull out your pointing finger and hit the subscribe button. Yes, hit subscribe, please. The more subscribers that we get on Real Estate Rockstars, the better guests are attracted to the shows. We'll get more guests from the top companies, from the top teams, and even more celebrity guests like Robert Kiyosaki and Barbara Corcoran. Also, 
If you're not a member of our free Facebook group, go to Real Estate Rockstars Radio right on Facebook and join the conversation. I'm on there myself on FaceTime Lives, and we have a lot of communications and questions about the show, and I'd love to see you there. And it's free. People ask me all the time, where am I on social media? I'm real easy to find. Just type in my name. My IG is I am Pat Hyben. It is blowing up on Instagram, adding tons of subscribers. And I'm on there probably twice a day. So definitely follow me on Instagram as well as everywhere else. Thanks again for listening and keep rocking. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.